Thanks for tuning in to Spend Less, Live Well with Dr. Josh Luke, dropping serious wisdom, integrating healthy living, finance, and faith into the healthcare process to live your best life. Watch us on YouTube or listen anywhere podcasts are found. Spend less and live well. Welcome back to Spend Less, Live Well. This is the uh, third episode with uh, Pastor Jay Hewitt from Friends Church in Orange, California. Thanks for joining us hey, again. Thanks for having me. So Jay, can you just share briefly for those folks who haven't listened to episodes one and two about your journey, you plant a new church, life's going great, you have a beautiful family and young daughter, and then um, you, you get some devastating news. Yeah, I was diagnosed with brain cancer, went through some very high risk surgeries. I'm right in the middle of, of treatment um, for my brain cancer. And uh, as a result of all of this, I had to really ask myself, how do I want to invest my time? What do I want to spend my, my energy on? And I uh, came to the decision that I want to teach my daughter to be resilient. If anything else, if I can teach her that, um, I feel like I, I'm succeeding. And so I decided that there'd be no better way to do it than uh, to compete in Ironman. So uh, their motto being anything is possible. I want her to be able to watch me. I've been knocked down. We all get knocked down in life, right? I want her to see me get knocked down, but get back up, press on, and prove that anything's possible so that when the time in life comes when she's knocked down, uh, she can know that anything's possible if she just finds hope and gets back up. And what, what day was your diagnosis? What day and year? Uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I don't mark those, those things. Maybe I, I should. Um, but honestly, Has I don't it been know. Three years, it's been three years, years. Yeah, 2017. But the the date of the diagnosis, don't know. So after, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, folks, absolutely tune in. Um, Jay went through a uh, brain surgery, multiple brain surgeries, while he was awake. Um, came out successful, and Jay's faced with uh, for the rest of his life um, having to go through a series of chemo and um, and radiation. Uh, hopefully fewer sessions of those and by living healthy and making healthy decisions and being compliant uh, it's his goal to put those off and hopefully avoid those as much as possible and so uh, he shared with you his story uh, that by choosing to train for an Ironman his focus is, is entirely on healthy living staying in shape uh, but he did it for so many more reasons but I wanted to ask Jay in this episode um, what um, so what First of all, of the three events, the, um, the swim, bike, run, uh, which was the one that you naturally are like, oh, I've always been a good runner, or I've always been a good swimmer, always been a good biker. Is there one that, that, tell us which one is the easier and which one you're like, you dread training for. Yeah, running has always been my go-to. So uh, I can remember being, uh, you know, eight years old and there was a run club at school and at recess and lunch we would just run 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 and you win a jacket at the end <laughs> of the year and I was all about that and uh, I've kept that up throughout the the years and uh, have learned that running has been an amazing outlet for anxiety for me mm. when I just have stress being built up if I can keep up the exercise routine and make sure I'm getting out and running that has always helped curb that anxiety, which brings up the point that although my primary reason for doing Ironman is for my daughter, a secondary reason is because I knew going through all of these medical issues, there was going to be a lot of stress involved. And I knew that uh, training 
would help me to cope with the stress and would help me from turning to other negative coping mechanisms, I want to make sure I'm using healthy coping. Great. And so um, is the swim or the bike the most challenging for you? Yeah, you know, so initially uh, the swim is the most um, intimidating. Uh, I wasn't a competitive swimmer, you know, learn how to swim when you're five years old and then, you know, that's about it. Um, However, uh, found a great swim coach, uh, a guy that is a part of my congregation, and uh, he has just offered his time, and he has whipped me into shape, <laughs> and I really enjoy swimming. It's probably the most enjoyable now out of the three disciplines. Uh, there's something very meditative about it, um, and it's you, you're able to stretch out on each pool. Now, it's not it's torturous as well. There's yeah. you know when you're swimming over two miles. Um, and you're in the water for over an hour, that's difficult, but uh, I've really come to enjoy that. I thought cycling would be my favorite because um, there's so much freedom that comes with when you're just, you know, uh, flying down a road. However, when you've got to cycle 112 miles, um, I have found that my biggest um, issue isn't with uh, strength, or uh, uh, aerobic, uh, being in shape with the aerobics, it's actually flexibility. And I've always struggled with flexibility. All the way back to, to grade school when you did the presidential fitness examination yeah. and you did pull-ups and ran the mile and, and I crushed all of those things. And then when it got to the sit and reach where you have to reach out on that board, I could never, <laughs> I could never get that that uh, score that I needed. Um, And so I find myself for 112 miles, that's five to seven hours, depending on your your pacing, uh, on a bike, hunched over, doing the same repetitive motions. And so by the end of a long training session, I can feel my hamstrings start to clench up with, which pulls on my hip flexors, which then pulls my back muscles. And then to transition from a long mm. bike ride into a run where you're pounding yeah. your joints, uh, I've had some, some issues there. Uh. And so really what I'm finding is I have to overcome my flexibility mm. limitations Great more than any of the other three. Great input. And folks, if you haven't seen um, the little documentary uh, that Jay's done, um, you can see that on YouTube, or you can go to jhewitt.org, sign up for periodic email updates. You can find him on Facebook at Jay Hewitt. If you go to Facebook, uh, make sure you go to his professional page, uh, because there's great information there. Can you share where they can see this video on YouTube? Yeah, uh, my channel, uh, youtube.com slash Jay Hewitt. Uh, it'll be pinned right to the top there. And uh, it, it's really just a, a short film, six-minute film, uh, about the beginnings of this journey. Yeah. Uh, there is a, it's put out by a studio that has contacted me about doing a larger documentary, a full length film, um, where I would be the focal point of that documentary. So it's um, kind of little sneak peeks of what will come when the full length feature film is released. It's a very high quality documentary. The story is captivating and moving. Your faith, uh, your family's faith and support, the, the entire documentary was very moving for me uh, particularly even during the pandemic it just kind of brought it brought a sense of peace to 
of normalcy, if you will, back to, hey, you know, we need to, to be a, a family of prayer and a body of prayer. Um, here's one thing that my wife and I said, how'd Jay get that whole stretch of road all to himself for like <laughs> 10 miles? Like, like the video, I'm like, if they backed it out with the, uh, either the helicopter or the drone, it was, so where was that film? Uh, are you referring to the run or the cycling? Okay, both. They both okay, so <laughs> the run was out in Joshua Tree. That's what I, we thought, maybe Joshua, yeah, Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree, I love Joshua Tree. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the ride was up in the mountains near Azusa. Okay. Yeah, so the LA mountains up there uh, on a very famous um, bike route where yeah. um, a lot of cyclists go to really test themselves. Yeah. It's crazy. So when I was um, in high school, my older brother was a professional triathlete, did a, several Ironman, and he tried what was then called the world's toughest triathlon in Tahoe. And we had a frightening moment where he literally just got off his, or stopped running and laid down on the pavement. And we, he was just trying to catch his breath and open his lungs up. But as a family, we were, mm. whoa, you know, but um, he used to, to ride up the mountains from Reno to Tahoe and have us fall behind him at 15 miles an hour. I think that's how I learned how to drive, actually. <laughs> so um, so triathlons are such a fascinating um, sport, and, and it, it is very addicting. What, what part of it have you found to be the most addicting since you started that may have surprised you? Is it, is it, what do you look forward to training the most? Well, I think, um, of course, the endorphins that are released. You know, anytime you, you press yourself uh, past your limits, your body just naturally re releases these great endorphins. And so many athletes talk about the runner's high and it yeah. works for swimming and works for cycling all the same. Um, for me, uh, it's very helpful on the medical side of things as I'm going through treatment, fighting through all the side effects of chemotherapy and, and uh, things of that nature. Um, it's very important for me to be able to find purpose in my pain and knowing why. Stop listening to me, Siri. <laughs> okay. Let's... We'll edit this part out. That's funny. <laughs> Let's just leave it in. Just keep going. Yeah, keep telling right, the story. Right. So, that's real life, right? So, um, so what I found is, uh, the most addicting part of training for triathlon is that it gives me purpose in the midst of my pain. So because I have a big why behind why I'm doing this. Sure. I'm not just doing this because um, I need a new hobby. There's a driving why if I want to teach my daughter life lessons through this and, uh, and anyone else who's willing to watch. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, that purpose, it drives me on. And, you know, I'm on medical leave, so I'm not working right now. And uh, I think if I was just at home, not working, not exercising, uh, I think that'd be a pretty dangerous place to be in terms of anxiety and depression. Sure. And how old is your daughter now? She's five years old. Five years old. Great. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jay, let's fast forward. Uh, first of all, when do you expect the documentary to come out? I guess the answer is after, once you get a triathlon that's not canceled because of the pandemic. Right? Yeah. So do they have any idea when they plan to release it? And so the, the studio is given rough uh, deadlines of after the, uh, after the, the race, about a year of post-production, and then they'll, they'll run it through all of the major festivals um, before they choose a distributor um, to see where it'll be streamed at. So what happens 
then what happens when you successfully complete an Ironman and you sit down and maybe you've already answered this question or, or have you, uh, what's next uh, after the triathlon? You do one, maybe you do two or three and, and are you do more or are you going to stay on to the next thing? Yeah, we'll see. You know, it's, it's one, one step at a time. Uh, one interesting thing about being diagnosed with brain cancer is uh, anyone in my position would ask themselves, uh, do I want to keep working? Or with being faced with a terminal illness, do I want to find a way to not have to work uh, with these years? And as I assessed my work, it is so meaningful to pastor a church, I get so much meaning from that. And so, uh, you know, I assume that uh, after this endeavor is over, I'll return to pastoring on some level. It might look a little differently or it might look exactly the same. I don't know, but it's kind of a one step at a time right now. So I'm, I'm guessing your wife would prefer your next endeavor doesn't require five hours a day of training <laughs> outside of the home. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so. So Jay, it's been really, um, for me, an honor to just hear your story from you and in your own words. Um, could you just wrap up this, this third and final session we're doing by just sharing your faith a little deeper, some of the, the, the scriptures that you go to, that you look to that really helped you in this time. Maybe there's a listener right now who has a friend or a loved one who, who has a, a chronic disease um, that, that they're looking to provide some support for. Can you maybe put your pastor hat on for a minute yeah. and just kind of say, hey, not just my pastor hat, but from my personal experience, here's, here's some words of wisdom. Yeah, well, and, and I can speak directly to uh, what scriptures have, help, have helped me in this time. And the book of 2 Corinthians, that has become the key book for me. Because the Apostle Paul, he has this mission. He's, he's going around starting new churches, and he has an illness. And in 2 Corinthians, he talks about this illness. He calls it the, the thorn in his flesh. <laughs> and he says that he prays three times for it to be taken away. And in the Bible, three means complete. So he, he prayed it through and through. Lord, take this away from me. And Jesus' response to him through prayer was uh, basically no. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is perfected in weakness. And so then Paul concludes... Well, then when I'm weak, I'm strong. And that's one of the reasons why I took on this endeavor of Iron Man. Because uh, if God has promised me that when I'm weak, he makes me strong. Now, I know that he's, he's speaking on spiritual terms, but I just asked the Lord, will you give me a physical manifestation of this? Something symbolically that will show me that when I'm at my weakness, weakest, you'll provide me the strength so that I'm actually strong. So before every workout, I pray, Lord, give me strength. And then not only that, but uh, as I return home and I need to be engaged with my family, I pray that again, Lord, give me the strength needed. And he provides for me every day. And by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. But as the Bible says, his mercies are new every day. And I wake up and I'm refueled and I'm ready to go again. And so I am finding that... Uh, we can take God at, at his word and anyone who puts their trust in Jesus, they'll find the strength that they need to face the trials that they're facing. Sometimes Jesus will step in and remove the trial miraculously, but not all the times. I, I like to say he'll either uh, move mountains 
or he'll give you the strength to climb mountains. In my case right now, the mountain remains, but he's giving me the strength to climb the mountain that's in front of me. And I am, I am not an exception because I'm a pastor. I don't get special treatment. It's for any of God's children that would trust in him. And so anyone who's facing something that just seems too big to overcome, they can turn to God for strength and trust and, uh, and be secure knowing he's going to give it to them. And that's a great way to wrap up uh, the third episode uh, with Jay Hewitt of Spend Less, Live Well. Jay, thanks so much for sharing your story, folks. We shared earlier, jayhewitt.org. He also has a YouTube channel on Facebook and Instagram. Follow his story. Look for the full documentary to be coming out in 2021 or 2022. We'll certainly update you on our show when it does. Thanks again, Jay. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Spend Less, Live Well with Dr. Josh Luke, the crossroads of integrating healthy living, finance, and faith into the healthcare process to live your best life. Watch us on YouTube or listen anywhere podcasts are found. Spend less and live well. Spend less, live well.